stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on a busy Tuesday afternoon. 403-974-8255 is our number. Um, Yeah, look, we've had a lot of debate around the issue of the niqab, certainly going back to uh, some issues around the last federal election in 2015, and now more recently with Quebec's Bill 62. That's been a contentious piece of legislation, not just in Quebec, but there's been debate uh, right across the country. Uh, Debates around freedom of religion, debates around the niqab itself and showing your face in public, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Quebec's Bill 62, I think, is problematic in in a number of ways. And it seemed inevitable that there would be a a court challenge. And today we've learned that indeed there will be. A number of organizations involved in this challenge, including the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, uh, Kara Zweibel is their acting general counsel, more at ccla.org. Kara, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. All right, so explain then the, the position behind this challenge, why you believe this, this bill should be struck down. Well, we believe the bill clearly violates um, rights that are protected under both the Quebec and Canadian charters, rights to freedom of religion, uh, freedom of expression, uh, the right to equality, um, and, uh, you know, and, and more generally, there's a sort of liberty interest that's at stake, just the, the ability of individuals to uh, go about their daily lives without the state um, unnecessarily intruding on, on their lives. Uh, so where, where's the violation here? Because like, Quebec's not banning the niqab per se, but uh, as it pertains to this uh, so-called religious neutrality law, um, women would have to, to show their face to receive public, uh, public service. Yes, and I mean, public service is is an extremely broad category that we're talking about here. Uh, You know, interacting with with really any um, employee at the provincial or municipal level, including taking your child to school on a public bus, um, you know, going to a public hospital. um, and, And we're not talking about circumstances where everyone is always required to identify themselves. You know, if, if I get on a public bus and I don't have an ID card, I just pay cash. Uh, no one needs to know who I am or, or sort of compare my face to my photo or anything like that. Um, so it's a very broad range of services, and it's really forcing uh, the small minority of Muslim women that do uh, choose to wear this veil as, uh, you know, between their sincerely held religious beliefs and um, accessing some of these most basic of public services. Okay, and I mean, that would be the the key test of this legislation, that uh, if this is an infringement on religious freedoms, and I I mean, it clearly is, whether it's in any way justified. And sometimes the courts would argue that, look, there's a, a pressing need here for this this particular legislation. And so the infringement is is justified. Do you see any possible justification? Or what's even the, the impetus behind this bill? Well, well, that's the thing. You know, if, if there's been talk, when people talk about this bill, there's talk about sort of security and the need to identify yourselves. And, uh, and really, it seems that what this bill is actually um, directed at is, is achieving this somewhat you know, nebulous goal or idea of state neutrality. Uh, and so that's really what the government is going to have to prove in this litigation is that 
um, this achieves state neutrality. I think there's a good argument that it actually seriously undermines state neutrality because it, it quite directly uh, targets a, a small minority of uh, of, a, of an already um, vulnerable minority, uh, Muslim women, um, you know, a subset of those that choose to wear the veil. Well, and th- yeah, and that's another point that's come up in all of this, because it is such a small subset uh, that clearly the vast majority of Muslim women don't see this as a requirement. Some have used that as an argument that this really isn't part of the Islamic faith, so therefore this isn't a freedom of religion issue. What, what do you say to that? It's it's really irrelevant, frankly. Uh, you know, the way that our courts look at freedom of religion is what does the individual believe their religion requires? How do they believe they they need to to behave, to act in accordance with their beliefs. And so um, we don't have a process in this country where we look to, you know, religious leaders to say, well, what does the religion require? And if it doesn't require what you think it requires, the government's allowed to uh, to violate your rights. It's, it's a personal and an individual thing. And that is also where freedom of expression comes in. You know, to, to some people, um, this this may not be, uh, strictly speaking, something that they identify solely with their faith, but a, a, a choice in terms of their, their expressive rights. Right. I mean, it's, it's about whether the individual sincerely believes that, that thing, in, in this case, wearing the niqab, not necessarily to play the, the theological referee and decide whether or not something is, is religiously legitimate. Sorry, I think I missed the first part of your question. Well, just that it comes down to what the individual sincerely believes. Yeah, that, we don't want our courts our... To, to be theological referees. Right. That's what our that's what our courts have repeatedly said. It's not about what you know. What um, if you have a, a Catholic that's claiming their rights are being violated? You, you don't need to call the Pope as a witness to find out um, you know whether they're right. Right. Um, so when when is this challenge likely to be heard? Well, there's a there's sort of two parts. The the first part is a motion for a stay of the legislation. So we are asking the court to basically suspend the operation of this provision of of Bill 62 um, until the case can be heard on the merits. And and we do have a date um, to appear in court. Uh, our lawyers in Montreal will be appearing in court next Wednesday on that stay motion. It, it doesn't necessarily mean it will be heard that day, but we've asked for it to be heard on, uh, you know, on an urgent basis because this every day that this legislation is in effect, individuals that are subject to it are are, are prevented from accessing basic services. So, what is the status of the bill? Is it now in effect? It is. Oh, it is now. Okay. It is. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, more uh, background on all of this, ccla.org. Uh, Kira, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and I should just mention that we are joined in this challenge by the National Council of Canadian Muslims. So there's there's also information on their site and, and by an, a very brave individual applicant who's affected by this bill. All right. Well, we'll see where it goes. So we'll be watching with interest. Kira, thanks again. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Kira Zweibel, who is uh, General Counsel for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Uh, so they're going to be involved in this challenge. And it was inevitable that this would be challenged. And uh, I think they've got a strong case. I don't think this bill is going to hold up in court, nor, sh- nor should it, frankly, at least in my opinion. But uh, some may disagree. Anyway, 974-8255 is our number 974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.